0: Chapter Two of the Girls of Friendly Terrace, or Peggy Raymond's Way by Harriet Loomis Smith. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Two The Girl Next Door A delicious odor was gradually pervading the Raymond cottage, a spicy fragrance which of itself was suggestive of peggy's return for peggy's accomplishments were of a practical sort the crayon which adorned the wall of her mother's bedroom and which represented peggy's supreme achievement in the field of art had been the subject of considerable discussion in the family dick insisted that a prominent object in the foreground was a new finland dog while his mother accepted peggy's assurance that it was a sheep grazing and refused to listen to the arguments by which dick supported his position as a musician too peggy had her obvious limitations but when it came to transforming the cold potatoes and the unpromising ends of the roast left from dinner into an appetizing luncheon it would be hard to find peggy's equal while the fame of her sponge cake and her gingerbread had spread far beyond the confines of the terrace and since this is a practical world with very commonplace needs there is much to be said in favor of such accomplishments as peggy cultivated she moved about the spotless kitchen with a quick light step humming under her breath something which if not exactly a tune was nevertheless like the chirp of a cricket or the purring of a tea-kettle very pleasant to hear in her blue gingham apron with her sleeves rolled to the elbow she looked decidedly businesslike, though the costume was far from being unbecoming indeed dick sitting on the window-sill gravely observant of peggy's occupation Noticed how the heat from the range had deepened the pink on his sister's cheeks and told himself that Peggy was growing pretty. Not for worlds would he have said as much to Peggy herself, but for all that, the discovery gave him the greatest satisfaction. Put on plenty of sugar and cinnamon now, Dick advised from his precarious perch on the window sill. You ought to have tasted the cinnamon roll Sally made while you were gone. She scrimped on the sugar and the cinnamon, you see, and you wouldn't have known what you were eating. What's the good of making cinnamon rolls at all if you're going to scrimp? That's right, Dick, Peggy agreed. If you are going to do anything, put enough into it so that it will amount to something when it's done. Peggy was not given to lecturing her younger brother after the fashion of some girls, but she had a habit of hanging little sentence sermons on pegs which chanced to be available, cinnamon rolls in this instance. And Dick, who would have turned sulky in a moment if he had suspected Peggy of preaching, looked thoughtful and stowed the suggestion away for further reference peggy went on rolling cutting sifting on cinnamon with lavish hand and adding little dabs of butter until the second pan of rolls was ready for the oven then dorothy standing by the open door made a startling announcement house is a fire house is a fire oh dorothy peggy flew to the door and turned in the direction in which the chubby finger was pointing as she looked The kitchen window in the next house was lowered and a cloud of black smoke escaped accompanied by an odor which caused dorothy to wrinkle her nose and say disgustedly glad i don't live in that house they let something on the stove burn beans i guess said peggy sniffing wisely it's dreadful trying to cook while you are getting settled after moving she looked thoughtfully toward the house next door which presented the forlorn appearance to be expected considering that the tenants had moved in only the day before through the uncurtained windows peggy caught glimpses of incongruous groups of furniture of step ladders standing aimlessly in the midst of the confusion of pictures leaning precariously against the wall to peggy the sight was like an audible appeal for help i might take them some of my cinnamon rolls she exclaimed turning to dick take who as long as dick made his meaning clear he was never troubled as to grammatical correctness. Why, the next door people. It would make them feel as though they really had neighbors. And of course, I can't go over to see the girl till the house is settled. If you'd been going to do that, Dick said rather reprovingly, you ought to have baked more than two pans. But then, he added with an evident effort to be generous, I guess they need them more than we do. Go ahead. The rolls came out of the oven just the golden brown that Peggy wanted. Peggy might draw sheep that looked like an own cousin to a Newfoundland dog, but she had the joy of a real artist in her cookery. With shining eyes, she gazed upon the work of her hand. They're perfect, she announced, with an unsuccessful effort at a judicial air. They do look good enough to eat, Dick agreed. Say, give me one. I'm hungry. And I'm hungry, too, cried Dorothy, edging close. When the next pan comes out, Peggy promised i'll run over with these so our neighbors will know what they've got to depend on for luncheon she set her rolls on a plate threw a napkin over them and without stopping to remove her apron crossed the yard to the next house the kitchen window was still open and as peggy stood upon the step she heard the sharp tinkle of broken glass there's something gone to smash dear me what a time they're having thought peggy wishing her acquaintance with the new arrivals was sufficiently advanced so that she could offer to lend her aid for her capable fingers fairly itched to assist in bringing order out of the chaos within. She knocked, and after waiting for some minutes, knocked again, this time a little louder. Elaine! a voice cried. Elaine! Somebody's at the back door! Oh, dear, someone else said distinctly, and Peggy's color heightened, even though she felt confident that the speaker's mood would change as soon as she knew her caller's errand. So her name is Elaine, peggy thought as footsteps slow and seemingly reluctant sounded on the bare floors. Such a pretty name. The door opened violently and a girl looked out. It was the same black-gowned girl peggy had watched from her window a few days earlier, but on this occasion her appearance was decidedly less prepossessing. Apparently she had neglected to comb her hair that morning, or else her forenoon's occupation had been strenuous enough to obliterate all traces of that ceremony. Her apron was soiled. She wore an expression of weary discouragement which seemed as incongruous with her girlish face as white hair would have done. The eyes she turned upon Peggy were anything but friendly, and yet at the sight of her, Peggy's heart swelled with a sympathy that was almost tender. Good morning, Peggy extended her offering with a cordial smile. I know how busy you must be getting settled, and I brought you over a plate of rolls. I live-we don't care to buy anything this morning said the girl, and made a movement as if to close the door. Peggy's face flamed to the roots of her hair. Oh, you don't understand, she cried. I'm a neighbor of yours. I've brought you over a plate of cinnamon rolls. I've just finished baking. They're not for sale. Elaine was a rather pale girl, but as Peggy finished her little speech, two spots of red showed in the other's thin cheeks. We're not objects of charity, thank you, she said. The door shut with a slam peggy her rejected offering in her hand stood bewildered on the step for a moment she battled with the temptation to push open the door and force the girl inside to listen to reason with a choked laugh that covered not a little humiliation she realized the folly of such a proceeding and turned away peggy's eyes were absent as she entered the house she took the second pan of rolls from the oven without feeling any disposition to gloat over their yellow-brown perfection then remembering her promise to dick and dorothy she put some of the rolls on a plate and carried them into the next room her thoughts were still full of the rebuff she had received from her new neighbor and when she had set the plate of rolls on the table she stood with clasped hands looking hard at nothing in particular and frowning over her reflections how glad she is to see us yes just notice her smile probably those are city manners girls we'll have to get used to it A volley of mocking laughter followed these observations, and Peggy started guiltily. I didn't see you, she apologized, as three girls popped up from the window seat and approached her. Don't try to get out of it, Peggy, teased Priscilla, slipping her arm around Peggy's waist. You know you can't be glad to see us with such a face. Oh, Peggy, what delicious rolls! Amy hung over the plate with an ecstatic gasp. Don't they look as if they'd melt in your mouth? Help yourself, Peggy cried. All of you. They'll make you fat, Amy, warned Ruth, extending a slim hand. Priscilla and I can eat all we want, but you'll have to refuse. You know you're going to leave off eating candy. Well, they're not candy, and besides, I'd rather gain a few ounces than turn down such darlings, Amy replied recklessly. Suiting the action to the word, she set her teeth in the golden brown crust. They're as good as they look, she announced indistinctly. Say, Peggy, are these the kind you took over to the house next door? dick said that was what you went out for peggy nodded her face betraying the peculiarly guilty expression that sensitive people wear when fearing that they will be forced to betray the wrongdoing of someone else priscilla eyed her suspiciously well i don't see that there could have been a nicer introduction amy remarked with her mouth full how lovely it would be if all callers brought cinnamon rolls instead of visiting cards what happened peggy demanded Priscilla, reading her friend's tell-tale face as if it had been an open book. Weren't they nice to you? Nice, cried Ruth, flaring up at the mere suggestion of ill-treating Peggy. Why shouldn't they be nice? Peggy's blushing, exclaimed Amy, announcing a discovery sufficiently obvious to the least discerning. She's blushing as red as fire. Peggy Raymond, what has happened? It really wasn't anything, said poor Peggy, fairly cornered. Only well only she didn't quite understand who didn't that snippy disagreeable girl who puts on such ridiculous airs of being better than other people peggy's eyes widened over the vivid description whose appropriateness she was forced to admit i saw the girl she replied hastily her name's elaine i think we don't care about her name peggy what did she do at first she thought i'd come to sell the rolls and she said they didn't care to buy anything peggy a peddler i never heard anything so funny amy sat down on the floor to laugh but her amusement did not communicate itself to the others ruth's face still wore a protesting frown and priscilla's eyes were flashing a peddler priscilla repeated disdainfully she must be very observing well peggy after you explained that seemed to make it all the worse admitted peggy finding a little relief it must be acknowledged in the sympathy called out by her confession she can't have been used to neighbors that's sure she said they weren't objects of charity and shut the door in my face an indignant explosion followed when everybody talked at once then dorothy bobbing up as unexpectedly as a jack-in-the-box poured oil on the troubled waters by offering a suggestion maybe they fought the currants with flies i did till i bited them, oh dorothy what a killing child you are cried amy giving way to helpless laughter and this time she had plenty of company peggy was the only one of the quartet who made any effort to conceal her merriment peggy having a singular theory that children should be treated just as courteously as older people she looked regretfully at the small erect figure marching out of the room with an air of stately pleasure oh dear she sighed i'm afraid we've hurt her feelings dorothy does hate to be laughed at then she'd better give up making such speeches remarked amy wiping her eyes but to go back to peggy's new friend elaine yes just think of her slamming the door in peggy's face cried ruth whose customary gentleness had quite disappeared in resentment over peggy's snubbing if she doesn't want neighbors she needn't have any i move that we let her alone just as much as if she lived downtown somewhere we didn't tell you peggy Priscilla exclaimed, taking up the tale. But we found out the sort of girl she was the day you came. We thought it was your hack, you know, and we rushed to grab you the minute you stepped out, and we were all screaming for you to hurry. And when this girl got out, we felt cheap enough to go right through the sidewalk. Yes, we did, interrupted Amy. If there had been an open coal hole handy, it would have taken me about five seconds to disappear. The way she took it showed the sort of girl she is, insisted Priscilla. Instead of smiling, or saying that it didn't matter she acted as if we'd been so many hitching posts standing in a row didn't see us or hear us either i knew in a minute that i'd never have any use for her if she lived here a thousand years that's just the way i feel said ruth me too exclaimed amy from the rug and absent-mindedly she reached for another cinnamon roll it was peggy's turn oh girls she pleaded in tones of distress "'Let's not be in such a hurry to make up our minds. "'You see, we've hardly seen anything of her.' "'Quite enough,' observed Priscilla. "'And things were rather against her both times,' "'continued Peggy, disregarding the interruption. "'When we come to know her, we may like her awfully well.' "'A depressing silence implied that no one but Peggy herself "'thought such a result at all probable. "'And anyway,' concluded Peggy, "'falling back on the supreme argument,' she hasn't tried living in friendly terrace yet we don't know what that will do to her instead of letting her alone i think we'd better show her what it means to have neighbors of the neighborly kind it did not appear that a continuation of the discussion was likely to bring them into agreement amy tried changing the subject do you know what this role reminds me of she asked looking thoughtfully at the fragments in her hand no one could imagine the first time I ever tasted one of Peggy's rolls, Amy explained. It was on a picnic at the park. It was the time that Ruth fell into the lake, feeding the swans. I had forgotten the rolls, but I remember that picnic, Ruth said. The picnics this year didn't seem like the real thing, she added disconsolately, with Peggy gone. 'Tisn't too late for another, Priscilla cried. Why not go tomorrow? if the quartet had failed to agree on the subject of peggy's next-door neighbor there was no lack of unanimity as far as the picnic was concerned in five minutes it was arranged that ruth was to bring the sandwiches and amy the fudge while peggy had agreed to get up early and make some little sponge cakes you won't mind if i bring dorothy will you girls peggy inquired anxiously you see she really does make a lot of extra work she's such a mischief and i don't want to leave too much for mother to do it was the general opinion that Dorothy's presence would add to the gaiety of the picnic, and after completing their plans, the friends parted with looks expressive of cheerful anticipation. But Peggy's bright face clouded over as she glanced a little later toward the next house and saw perched upon the top of a step-ladder a slender, girlish figure with an indefinable air of dejection and helplessness. Oh dear, I shall be glad when she's lived in the terrace long enough to be one of us, Peggy thought. All the trouble is that we don't understand one another. As soon as we're acquainted, everything will be all right, and nobody will have to be left out. End of chapter 2